Welcome to First Love Online Church with Nyral and O.C. Burnett. Flock is a ministry of First Love Fellowship whose mission is to win the church to Christ through unceasing prayer, intentional discipleship, and missional living. You can support the mission of First Love Fellowship by texting 918-300-4680 or by going to our website at wearefirstlove.com. Now, join O.C. Burnett and Tanisha Gray as they share a groundbreaking message on Absolute Surrender, Part 2. 1 Kings 20, verse 1 to 4. And Ben-Hadad, the king of Syria, gathered all his hosts together, and there were thirty and two kings with him, and horses and chariots. And he went up and besieged Samaria, and warred against it. And he sent messengers to Ahab, king of Israel, into the city and said unto him, Thus saith Ben-Hadad, Thy silver and thy gold is mine, thy wives also and thy children, even the goodliest are mine. And the king of Israel answered and said, My lord, O king, according to thy saying, I am thine and all that I have. And so... I mean, this was a wicked king, King Ahab. If, if for those of you that have studied the word, the, it, I mean, he was so wicked. Mm-hmm. He was so wicked. And, you know, when Ben-Hadad, a, a pagan king, came and said, listen, it's almost like I'm not going to fight with you. I'm just going to say everything that you have is mine. And King Ahab was like, Oh, Lord, whatever you say, I agree with. He just gave it up. He just gave up. He didn't have any discussions. He didn't go back and forth with the king. He just gave it up. And that's the absolute surrender that Andrew Murray was trying to convey to us that, you know, with a pagan king and really, you know, there, there is going to be a, come a time, a point in time where there is going to be a demarcation happening. And when this, the spirit of the Antichrist is here, it's been here from the Bible days, and the Antichrist is about to make his appearance. And a lot of people are going to be just like King Ahab because of fear, because yeah. of trepidation. They're just going to say, I surrender. And what God is wanting to do with us is he's wanting to make sure that we have that same tenacity to surrender to him and not to evil and not to unrighteousness, but to him. So that's the premise of the scripture that he uses to depict exactly what it means to be surrendered. And so we talked about how God is the one that works surrender in you. He's the one that wills and does, he causes you to will and do for his good pleasure. So you can't do this. And this is, this is something that we have to continue to talk about because even with young people and young adults and all of that, the, the things that I, I always get is, I don't know how to do this. I don't know what surrender look like. What does surrender look like? I, I don't know what to do. How do I surrender? You know, and 
The thing is, it's not in your own strength. And that's why I say it is imperative to study. Um, one of the scriptures and the, uh, the chapters and the books that you have to study is Romans. Romans 5, 6, 7, and 8. If you understand that, you will have your, your propensity to sin will go down less and less. And so when you understand that you don't, it's, it's, you have no good thing in you. That's where humility comes from. The humility says, I don't have it. I don't have it in me to do this. So God, I need you to do this through me and in me. That's the answer. So those of you that have, you've grown up in legalistic mentalities where it was told you, you, you can't, you can't do this. You can't do that. You can't mm -hmm. do this. You can't do that. It doesn't mean that you can do those things. You can't drink. You can't sleep around. You, you know, yes, but you don't have it in you to do. Yeah. But that's what the Holy Spirit is there for. He is there. He, not it. He is there to help you live a holy life. The Holy Spirit is who you pull on. The Holy Spirit, the power of Jesus Christ in you, in you, the same power that raised Jesus. Listen to this. The same power that raised Jesus up from the dead is alive in you. And the Bible says we were crucified with him. Mm -hmm. And so we were raised to life with him. You have to meditate on things like that in mm -hmm. order to overcome. Do you hear me? You have to meditate on scriptures like that in order to overcome. You can't sit there and have a plan A or plan B on how to not sin. <laughs> All of those are important, right? That is important. But that you can't do that. And then when you fail, you say, okay, I've removed Instagram from my from my phone. I've removed all social media. I've, I'm, I'm not watching TV. I'm not, that's all maintenance. You know, you can maintain when you do that, when your spirit is strong, those help you not to have the propensity to go back into sin. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So it causes you not to go back into it because you're not feeding your flesh, right? But that's not the be all end all. Yeah. You have to pull on the Holy Spirit. You have to read this word and pull on the Holy Spirit to minister to your soul, minister to your spirit and say, I can't do this. I can't. I can't do it on my own. You have to understand your weaknesses mm -hmm. and understand that it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. Yeah. Christ in in you, I, I had to study that when I was like teenager, when I was in, I remember we were, there was a whole class on it in, when I was in um, growing up in church and we studied about Ephesians and what Christ in you, the hope of glory looks like. What does that mean? So when you read things like that and say, it says Christ in you, the hope of glory, or I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ that lives in me and the life I live in the flesh. I live by faith of the son of God who loved me, Colossians 2.20, and gave himself for me. Amen. When you read that, if you just keep reading, it's just going to sound like garble, blah, 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 blah. You don't know what that means. You don't, I don't, I don't know what that means. What does that mean? 
What does that mean? You have to ask the Holy Spirit, what does that mean in light of me living right now in the 21st century? What does that mean that I am crucified with Christ? Mm. Or Hebrews 11.1, 1, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. You notice how I'm quoting scriptures, right? Mm -hmm. It's important for you to memorize this word for yourself. You have to have the word. Even if you don't understand the scriptures, memorize it so that when the Holy Spirit wants to bring it back, he brings it back. Mm -hmm. He brings it back to you. You're struggling with something. By faith is what we leave. We believe. I believe, therefore I speak. Yeah. That's another scripture. So these are different scriptures. You have to practicality and practicality have it in you so it can come out of you. Mm -hmm. If you don't have it in you, when you need it, it's not going to come out. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I, I, you know, the, pra the practicality of understanding the scriptures, understanding the word of God helps you be able to live a life or deal with topics like this, like absolute surrender. Mm -hmm. Now, this is not being preached. If I did a, if I did a, uh, what do you call it? Well, I, I said this last time. If I did a poll mm -hmm. of how many people have heard about surrendering, denying yourself, let's just not, because because you know we could say surrender and now. You know, that could be surrender your car, you know, <laughs> and it's so basic or surrender. And we just, you just need to surrender it all. And it's so basic, but we, we don't delve into what the, so mm -hmm. let's use, instead of the word surrender, let's use the word deny. How many of you have heard um, preaching in the past six months on denying yourself? Just, just tell me yes or no in the, in the, while we're, you know, what, what do you call this thing? In the chat. In the <laughs> chat. <laughs> you know, how many of you have heard it? I mean, just scroll, go yeah. to the major people that you, you, you listen to on TV, listen to what they're preaching. How many of you have heard tonight? Because here's the thing. This is what's coming up. Yeah. You're, what God is requiring is for us to deny ourselves, America. Deny ourselves our right to be right. Deny ourselves to be in offense about whether somebody's racist against us. Deny ourselves of whether we're Republican or, de or Democrat. You have to deny yourself. Yeah. Because in the kingdom, there is no Democrat or Republican. There is no racism. We are one, one new man. So in the kingdom, we don't have the same mentalities as we were in the dark kingdom. We cannot deal with the dark kingdom the way we dealt with it when we were in the dark. We are in the kingdom of light. We have a whole different language. We have a whole different way of living. The Bible, Jesus said, in order for you to live, you must die. Yeah. Jesus said, in order for you to give, to receive, you have to give. It's usually the opposite in the kingdom. He's always talking about the opposite. He said, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. That's what he's asking for. Yeah. So this is what we're talking about. So... 
one of the things that we talked about on Friday, Peter, and I kind of want to go back to Peter because that was very, very chilling and telling about Peter, um, Peter's repentance. And it talked about how Peter had revelation. I mean, the Holy Spirit would speak to him about, I, you know, reveal Jesus. He, Jesus said, who do men say I am? And Peter is the one that said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said, flesh and blood has not revealed that to you. I mean, he has some high moments, you know, he had some powerful high moments, but there were some very, very low moments where Peter's self was in charge. And I want to read this part again about Peter about his self. Um, it said here, uh, Peter living the life of self. You recollect that just after Christ had said to him, flesh and blood had not revealed it unto thee, but my father which is in heaven. Christ began to speak about his sufferings, and Peter dared to say, be it far from thee, Lord, this shall not be unto thee. Then Christ had to say, Get thee behind me, Satan. Eek. For thou savorest not the things that be of God, but those that be of men. There was Peter in his self-will, trusting in his own wisdom and actually forbidding Christ to go and die. Whence did that come? Peter trusted in himself and his own thoughts about divine things. Peter trusted in himself and his own thoughts about divine things. We see later on more than once that among the disciples, there was a questioning who should be the greatest. And Peter was one of them. And he thought he had a right to the very first place. He sought his own honor even above the others. It was the life of self strong in Peter. He had left his boats and his nets, but not his old self. When Christ had spoken to him about his sufferings and said, get thee behind me, Satan, he followed it up by saying, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. No man can follow him unless he do that. Self must be utterly denied. What does that mean? When Peter denied Christ, we read that he said three times, I do not know the man. In other words, I have nothing to do with him. And I, him and I are no friends. I deny having any connection with him. Christ told Peter that he must deny self. Self must be ignored and it's every claim rejected. This, that is the root of true discipleship. But Peter did not understand it and could not obey it. And what happened? When the last night came, Christ said to him, before the cock crow twice, you shall deny me three times. So this is one example. The other example I want to give is, it's actually the spirit of Haman that he had where he compared himself to Mordecai. He compared himself to the, the things outside and his hatred for the Jews, which amounts to jealousy. It's this selfishness 
of wanting to be, to have preeminence. And I, I hear, I could see and hear Haman going, and the Bible talks about it, where he talks to his wife and sons, and he starts complaining about Mordecai and complaining about the Jews and how we do the same thing in church. We complain about the pastors. We complain about ourselves. We go home, and we, we try to make ourselves feel higher by complaining about our leadership, complaining about what they have and what you don't have. That spirit is self. You don't deny the Bible. And even with that, right, in the, in, in the American dream, it's how far can we climb? How many degrees can we get? How many things can we do to get the highest paying job? It's always about one-upping, doing one-up more. And in the kingdom, the Bible says, rejoice with those that rejoice. Weep with those that weep. Humble yourself when somebody's being exalted. Don't be a, don't be um, jealous. Don't be, you know, don't feel this orphan spirit like they're being um, elevated. They're getting married and I'm not. They have great children and I don't. You start comparing self comparison. There's the word again, self. You start comparing yourselves to others. You start self-comparison, and then it breeds jealousy and dissensions in the body. You can't compare yourselves with other people. You are not other people. You don't know their story. You don't know how the Lord has told them to raise their children or how to raise their household or the sacrifices they need to make. Don't compare yourself with others. When you do, you're in the self. And you can have great abilities. You can speak and preach and sing and do all of that. But when you have all these things lurking in your heart, like Peter did, you're not absolutely surrendered. Mm-hmm. So jump in. Tell me what you, f- you think about what we're talking about when it comes to absolute surrender. Yeah, so many things are like going through my mind um... One is um, like the difference between the orphan spirit or the orphan mentality and Mm. then abiding as a son. And that's kind of what the Lord kind of wants to work in us. That's good. We don't abide. We don't stay in his presence. We're very quick to just read a verse and then leave. And because we don't meditate on it, it's not getting into our spirit. And so we're not understanding what God is saying, who we are. When we abide, our identity is found in Christ. And so then we begin to walk as we should. Um, When I was reading about absolute surrender, Abraham kept coming to my mind. Abraham and how he radically obeyed God. And this is because he had a relationship with God. It didn't start with, you know, he just hears God clearly. And then, you know, he moved by faith, especially when he um, was getting ready to sacrifice his son, Isaac. Like this took um, time and relationship to one, trust God and to have faith. And you spoke about that, especially like where we're moving. Like if we don't have faith in God, Mm -hmm. 
we're going to be easily slipped away. And this only comes when we actually take the time to have a relationship with him in the secret place. That is how you learn how to absolutely surrender. It doesn't come immediately. You have to actually build it up. It's a process. So good. Um, One of the things I was reading first, Peter one, let me see first Peter one and amplified. Um, it's, it's actually just the second verse. It says, um, and I can read one and two so that we can get context, but it says Mm. Peter, an apostle, special, special messenger, personally chosen representative of Jesus Christ to those elect, both Jewish and Gentile believers who live as exiles scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia minor and Bithynia who are chosen. And this is the part that gets me. According to the foreknowledge of God, that the father, by the sanctifying work of the spirit to be obedient to Jesus Christ and to be sprinkled with his blood. I can read the rest, but the part where it says by the sanctifying work of the spirit to be obedient to Jesus Christ. Everything that we're doing is to be obedient to Jesus Christ. We're being sanctified every day, processed, renewed, cleansed, purified. How? Through the secret place. Like, we can't avoid that. We have to be in there. In fact, we have to be there more than we be when we're with our friends or we're fellowshipping and having fun. Like, none of this matters if we're not in his presence. So, Wow. That is so good. You segued into one of the things I wanted to talk about was, you know, it's funny that you read from Peter because one of the things Andrew Murray said is because of Peter's brokenness, mm-hmm. he was able to write Peter. Mm. He was able to write from a different place. Yeah. And Peter was one, he was one of the disciples that died. He, 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 when they, they, they literally crucified him and he said, no, I don't want to be crucified the way my Lord was crucified. I think he said, turn me upside down. Mm-hmm. Because that's how dead he was to himself. He said, I'm not worthy to be crucified the way my Lord was crucified. And so he mastered, he understood death to self, denying himself. And, you know, one of the things here, it says, um, I want to talk about Peter, his life and what it, it teaches us. Lesson number one, you may be a very earnest, godly, devoted believer in whom the power of the flesh is yet very strong. Notice what it said. You may be a very earnest, godly, didn't say you were ungodly, devoted believer, you're a believer, in whom the power of the flesh is yet very strong. Peter, before he denied Christ, had cast out devils and healed the sick, and yet the flesh had power, and the flesh had room in him. So, you know, the reason why I want to talk about this is because a lot of young people your age, I remember when you know, certain people would fall from grace, Mm -hmm. like musicians or gospel singers. Like I remember there was one in particular that, that dealt with worship, especially when it came to worship, when it was a worship leader, somebody that wrote 
powerful worship songs or released worship songs and he cheated on his wife and then he went and remarried somebody else i mean they were so my phone if there was a time my phone blew up they were like auntie osi i can't believe i can't believe what's happening i can't believe that this person cheated on his wife and he's and so they're looking at themselves like how can you worship god like that and and cheat on your wife how do you worship god and have that kind of worship in his presence and cheat on your wife or did it, they were freaking out they were just like how do you have a relationship it, it, it's it the 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 it was so concerning to them. They were like, how? Look at it right here. Peter, before he denied Christ, had cast out devils and healed the sick, and yet the flesh had power, mm-hmm. and the flesh had room in him. Mm-hmm. Now, remember, Jesus also said, there's going to be people in the day that said, didn't I cast out devils? Mm-hmm. Didn't I heal the sick? Mm-hmm. Didn't I raise the dead? Mm-hmm. And Jesus said, I, I never knew you. you. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm. That mm. another scripture that came to my mind was Colossians three. Um, mm-hmm. The whole thing is good. I don't even know where to start, but Colossians three one it says, therefore, if you have been raised with Christ to a new life, sharing His resurrection from the dead. Keep seeking the things that are above yes. where Christ is see- is seated at the right hand of yes. God. Set your mind and keep focus habitually on the things above the heavenly things, not on the things that are on earth, which have only temporal value for you died to this world and your new real life is hidden with Christ and God. And so it's like we actually this denying of the flesh is it has to be a daily thing like you were talking about. And it has to be with communion. I don't know why, like abiding, it just keeps That's coming up good. because That's it's good. through communion with God that you learn how to deny yourself. Our flesh is strong. We, um, I read a book from Humility by Andrew Murray, mm-hmm. and it talked about how like we have to be so dead. But the only way to do that is by l- letting go and surrendering to like we That's actually right. have to ask him for help. That's we can't right. do it on our own strength. We have to say, God, help me yes. because our flesh is so strong and so powerful. Um, but it's not more powerful than the blood of Jesus and it's not more powerful than, um, Christ. And so, um, verse four, it says, when Christ, who is our life appears, then you will, you also will appear with him in glory. So put to death and deprive of the power, the evil longings of your earthly body with its sensual self-centered instincts, immorality, impurity, self Self, um, sinful passion, evil desire, and greed, which is a kind of idolatry because it mm. replaces your devotion to God. Mm. Because of these sinful things, the divine wrath of God is coming on the sons of disobedience. Those who fail to listen, who routine, routinely and obstinately disregard God's precepts. And in these sinful things, you once walked when you were habitually living in them without the knowledge of Christ. But now rid yourself completely of all these things, anger, rage, malice, slander, and obscene, abusive, filthy, vulgar language from your mouth. And do not lie to one another. Ah. For you have 
stripped off the old self with its evil practices and have put on the new spiritual self who is being um, continually renewed in true knowledge and the image of him who created the new self. So you're continually renewing yourself. And when you're with God, when you're putting to death your flesh and actually walking um, in tangent with what the Lord is desiring you to do. Um, yeah. That Another, is so good. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Another scripture that came to my mind too, and actually Auntie Crystal um, prayed this for us. It was Hebrews 10, um, and it was the last part. Hebrews 10, 38 through 39. Sorry, my eyes. But it says, My righteous one, the one justified by faith, shall live by faith, mm -hmm. respecting man's relationship to God and trusting him. And if he draws back, shrinking in fear, my soul has no delight in him. Mm -hmm. But our way is not of those who shrink back to destruction, but we are of those who believe relying on God through faith in Jesus Christ, the Messiah, and by this confident faith, preserve the soul. And so, um, absolute surrender is a faith walk yes, and it's it a faith. It's a trusting God. So like we're moving and trusting in God in every step of the way. But when we don't trust God, God's not pleased. Yeah. When yeah. we don't walk by faith, he's not pleased. And so, yeah. Oh, my goodness. There's so much that you, even with the scripture that you read in Colossians, hmm. okay? One of the things, it lists the things that we deal with. And it said, the first part, immoral, da, 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 da. And it said, this is what you once used to walk in. Hmm. It's almost like, so that should not even be named among you. So let's talk about anger, mm -hmm. malice, right? Mm -hmm. It just, it, 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 that, he said, <laughs> it's almost, I could imagine him saying, I'm not, you're not currently in this. Yeah. Immoral, all of that stuff. He said, you once walked in that kind of darkness. Now, put to death, anger, malice. Can you go back to that? Because yeah. th that's the thing about the self-life. Um, here, it says here, put to death and deprive of power, verse 5, the evil longings of your earthly body with its sensual self-centered self, self-centered <laughs> self instincts, immorality, impurity, sinful passion, evil desire and mm -hmm. greed which is a kind of idolatry because it replaces your devotion to god because of these sinful things the divine wrath of god is coming on the children sons of disobedience those who fail to listen and who routinely uh, obstinately disregards god's precept precepts so who are the sons of obedience the sons of obedience are those who listen and who routinely and obstinately regard God's precepts mm -hmm. and in these sinful things it says you also once walked when you were habitually living in them without the knowledge of Christ but now so we let's that that's that's you before but now you rid yourselves completely of all these things anger rage malice slander and obscene abusive filthy vulgar language from your mouth do not lie to one another i'm always fascinated when i read stuff like that because mm -hmm. you know you're thinking you're in the kingdom right so 
why would he have to say to Christians, do not lie do not to one lie. another? Or in the in in first or second, third John, it talks about love one another. Mm-hmm. And he said, You 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 if you don't love you, you hate your brother. You hate your brother. Mm-hmm. And I'm I, I'm trying to wrap around my mind us being Christians and hating one another, mm-hmm. and we're in the same church. He didn't tell unsaved people yeah. love one another. He was talking about if you hate your brother, mm. what would cause us to hate each other? Flesh. Self. Self. Self, 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 self. It's all self. When you when you constantly think about yourself, how did that person treat me when they walked into the room? That seems mm. so men- menial, right? They didn't talk to me. Now, some of you young people, that's disrespect. But we, that's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> but I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking. I'm talking about where you wear your 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 feelings on your sleeve. Mm. We don't. We have to walk around you. We have to tiptoe around you because we don't know when we gonna offend you. We don't know what we're gonna say that's gonna just tip tick you off. And then you say, "I'm leaving the church. I'm out. They offended me. I'm out." You you know. There should never be a church split yeah. with people that are dead to self, unless it's based on unrighteousness, mm. right? There should never be a church split because when your self is dead, you never think about yourself. Could you imagine us as a body where we don't think about ourselves at all? You don't think about anything. Like if something is going on, I don't think about, well, I'm going through too. Why nobody talking about me and I'm going through? We don't, you know, when everybody is not thinking about themselves, everybody's taken care of. Everybody's taken care of. Mm-hmm. Um, and with that, I, I wrote down actually yesterday, um, Galatians 2.20, which it talks about how we've been crucified with Christ. So that is in him. I have shared his crucifixion. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Um, the life I now live in the body, I live by faith, by adhering. Here goes faith again. I don't know. Something about faith. Yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah. By adhering to relying on and completely trusting in the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. But I was focusing on the first part. Because we were teaching, she's, um, Auntie Osi has been, Minister Osi has been talking to us about um, um, meditating on the scriptures. So I meditated on the first part. I have been crucified with Christ. But what does that mean? Like what has been crucified? It's almost as if we have to become a child again when we read the word. Because we think we know what we're reading. And then God shows us our hearts. Our hearts are exposed in public. We're bleeding out in public. And we don't know how to deal with it because we didn't choose to become like a child in his presence. So what does it mean to be crucified? Or what what has been crucified, I wrote. And it's like my flesh. Okay, let me go deeper. Because we say flesh too. Right. My will. Okay, what does that mean? So that means my emotions. Whenever I'm overreacting, when you were talking about how we get in our feelings, always offended, we have to lay that stuff down. Um, my feelings, my desires, my life. Um, Jesus. I wrote down, because there was some other stuff. For instance, what are some other fleshy things or earthly things that we worry about? We can constantly worry about our finances, mm. our schools, marriage, mm. tomorrow, mm 
family, self, self-image in an ungodly way because you can be in the image of Christ, you know, so I had to write it like that. <laughs> That's right. But um, it just, it just, this just teaches how we need to understand that when we're crucified with Christ, we're understanding that it's not us who are living anymore, but Christ that is living in us. Like we're not moving as we used to move anymore. We're developing new characters. Yes. Our hearts are being purified. Our hearts are being transformed. So now we're not walking as we used to, but now we're putting on the new man. Yes. That's a constant thing. We, it's like, we have to take off the bracelets, take off the rings we used to wear, the undergarments we used to wear, the shoes and put on a new robe, a new, a new way of moving, a new way of being. That's right. We're not walking the way we used to. Nope. Nope. And so when you're, when you're dying to yourself, it literally almost, I mean, let's look at the word dying, right? When you're dying to yourself, it's almost like yourself is lifeless. Mm. Nothing is alive in you. You're, it's lifeless. There's no life in self. Yeah. But... The Bible says, in the life that I now live in the flesh, I live now by the faith, oh, faith yeah. of the son of God. All of this, and, I'm, I, I, and I'll segue into this. It says, um, Abraham, um, he, he, he was able to live this life based on God's omnipotence. What does omnipotence mean? All powerful. It's going back to the power and the ability to live a life of faith. God asked Abraham, I am Elohim. Walk before me and be thou perfect. That can only be done through God's omnipotence. Yeah. His power. And you have to ex, um, access that power by faith. In the flesh, doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make any sense because we're used to doing, 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 doing. But you have to tap into God's omnipotence in order to be able to live a life of selflessness. It's all in his power, people. It's not just um, just coming to church and doing. Because and, we have a lot of people that are now volunteering in church. They're volunteering in church and thinking, oh, this is the way that I will stave off my life of self. No. You can only do it through God's power. Um, and so it says here, when I, was, when I was talking about the lesson, you may be a very earnest, godly, devoted believer in whom the power of the flesh is yet very strong. It says here, um, because there is so much of that self-life in us that the power of God cannot work in us as mightily as God is willing that it should work. Mm. When we live based on self so much, and I, I don't know why I keep bringing this up because I really believe it's the Holy Spirit. We are married to our personalities. We're married to our type A, 
type B. I don't know all of, I mean, you know, all these personality tests that we're taking and we're shoring up ourselves. Can I tell you a secret? Come here. Let me tell you a secret. <laughs> Let me tell you a secret. Come closer. Come closer. <laughs> Come closer. Am I close? Are you close? Okay. Not that close. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you a secret. Let me tell you a secret. There are no personality tests in the kingdom. Just don't tell nobody. <laughs> there are no type A's, type B's. Mm -mm. That's mm -mm. not how Jesus operates. Because mm -mm. really what we have done is we've, <laughs> we've assigned words to our self. I'm a type A personality. I'm a type B personality. I'm this. I'm that. And those are all great, right? But in the kingdom, you know, I, I, I'll use Pastor Narl as an example. Pastor Narl is a straight introvert. I know y'all won't believe it with those of you that are in our church. Trust me. I married an introvert. But... What happens is when he was called, he said, there's no way I can be an introvert. Mm -mm. I can't. I can't be by myself all the time because I'm a pastor. I'm called to sheep. So he laid down his introvertness, if that's a word, <laughs> and said, I'm going to die to myself, the normal self that really doesn't like a lot of people in the house. And start house church <laughs> where everybody is constantly in and out of your house. That's dying to self, right? That's dying to self. So you cannot put your personality above the kingdom, above denying yourself. In the kingdom, it operates completely different. We lay down our crowns. We lay down our accomplishments so that we can become more like him. There's only one person we're supposed to become like, and that's Jesus. Only one person. No other person we should be like except Jesus. So there are times that he will call you to come in front of a mic. And you normally don't like being in front of a mic. You don't like talking to people. You don't do people. <laughs> some people say I, I don't do people I just stay by myself mm. but how do you win souls if you don't do people mm. and in the kingdom on this side this side in the kingdom side he said go ye mm. and teach all nations he was not only talking to the apostles mm -mm. he said make disciples so you can't say you don't do people. You don't. You know how many times I've had to die to myself? <laughs> I just, you know, st just stuff just flashed in front of me. <laughs> I just, you just, and, and, and a lot of times when you're dying to yourself, people think something's wrong with you. <laughs> like, you're all right? Because mm. you ain't trying to kill me, mm. right? Because you acting real strange. Mm -hmm. I remember if you watched War Room, 
This is what you call dying to. This is what you call dying to. Next time we need to have clips. If I have examples, so we can play a little bit of War Room, then we'll have to deal with copyright issues. But, but anyway, the part where she went into her prayer closet, she got like she was dying. She was dealing with herself, and you know, mother was looking at her. She's complaining about her husband and what her husband does. And the mother said, "You done? <laughs> Are you done?" <laughs> You know, she was just going off, and this is what my husband does, and this is what he did. But when she died to herself, and she dealt with the devil, he came home, and he was, you know, he was bracing himself for war. Mm -hmm. She cooked. She, you know, she had his... She had everything. He was. To, he didn't want to eat the food because he thought that she poisoned. <laughs> she's acting like this because she's about to poison me. It's like, what's wrong with you? But that's what happens when you die. You mm. die to yourself. You become somebody else completely different. Mm -hmm. You become somebody completely different. And they don't even believe that it's you because you're, you've, you're dead to yourself. That's exactly what happens. You become a completely different person. In the in the movie War Room, you literally she had to become a different person in order for her husband to be saved. Did you hear that? She had to become a completely different person in order for her family to be saved. We cannot hold on to our offense, people. We cannot hold on to ourself. In the kingdom, self must die. Yeah. Write that down. In the kingdom, self must die. Full obedience equals self dying. Must. Mm. So. The first lesson was you may be a very earnest, godly, devoted believer in whom the power of the flesh is yet very strong. That's all of us. Second lesson, it is the work of our blessed Lord Jesus to discover the power of self. Jesus is the only one that can reveal yourself to you. And if you're not in the position to hear, how does he do it? He will do it. If you like, she kept emphasizing, and I'm telling you, this is my secret, people. You know, I have young adults ask me all the time, Auntie, what do you do? How do you do this? Da, da, da. I have a prayer closet. I talk to the Lord about my stuff. I don't go to war in my prayer closet. I talk to God about me most of the time. You understand? Because I don't want to be in deception just because I minister or I, I'm ministering to you right now or preaching the word. I don't want to be a castaway. I'm very aware that I could make myself think that I'm in a particular place because I'm preaching to you or I'm singing to you and the power of God comes and the glory comes. And I am nowhere near, I'm nowhere near heaven. Nowhere near heaven. So the second les lesson is it's the work of our blessed Lord Jesus. Andrew Murray says, to discover the power of self. So Jesus has to reveal to you yourself. Has to. And the only way it gets revealed is if you spend time with him, if you talk to him, if you tell him, God, show me me. And he will use 
your pastors to show you you. Just keep smiling. (laughs) He will use your pastors to show you you. If we see something, we're going to say something. We'll say your flesh is out of order. You need not do that. You need to go this way. This is what the words say. And we're always going to lead you here in First Love Fellowship. We're going to lead you according to this word. That is our main focus and goal. If we stop leading you from this word, run. Run like the wind. Because the word is what we want to give you. And we're going to be in your life. We're not just going to preach at you and then we don't talk to you. We're going to be in your lives because we're praying for you. He brings leaders. He brings people in your life to stir you in the way you should go. Because we have to present you as a chaste bride of Jesus Christ. So if you have a prayer closet, what he's dealing with you in the closet, he will deal with you with your leaders. He will see everything would just be congruent. Everything would just be congruent. He'll just be dealing, dealing with the same thing over and over again. He'll just deal with you. And that's how you know his mercy. It's not that you're, you know, it's not that you're uh, a useless cause. You know, it's not about that. It's about his chastening like we read in Hebrews 12. He loves you, so he punishes you. He chastises you. He disciplines you Mm -hmm. for your benefit because he loves you. Yeah. Okay. So the cause of the weakness of your Christian life is that you want to work it out partly and to let God help you. And that cannot be. Let me read that again. The cause of the weakness of your Christian life is that you want to work it out partly. You want to work it out. You want to work it out yourself and then let God help you like you know, remember I said on, on, on Friday about the, the old lady that called Ellen DeGeneres. She said, I love Jesus, but I drink a little. No, no, you can't, you can't work it out yourself and then just call the Holy Spirit whenever you need him to just help along your plan. That's control. You can't control your life. You can't, oh, if you're in complete obedience When he tells you to lay something down, there is not a discussion. Mm -hmm. Please, I beg, don't tell me, yeah, I know, but you don't, you don't know. You, if he's asking you to do something, he's telling you he wants total obedience, 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 obedience. (laughs) That's the Holy Spirit. Total obedience, obedience, obedience. Not partial. Mm-mm. Not, I know I'm supposed to do this, but, and then, but no, no. Total obedience. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. People always ask me, you know, you, you don't hold on to stuff. You just, you, you know, I, you know, well, how do you do that? I'm like, I don't want to be one second outside of where he is not. Not one second. I want to be in his will. If he tells me to leave a place, I'm out. 
I'm not gonna, I'm not, my heartstrings are not gonna be tied, like the Bible says, which is idolatry. I don't, I don't wanna be tied to anything. I wanna be able to say yes. If God tells me to speak a word, I don't wanna hesitate. I don't wanna ponder it. I wanna just do. I wanna be so quick to obey. And there are many things that I have not been quick to obey, and the ramifications are eternal. Thank God for his blood that covers us. But the ramifications of not obeying immediately, you hear me, are eternal. Affects the eternity of your children, of your wife, of your husband. When you don't obey, the ramifications are eternal. And that should stop you in your tracks, say, I let it go. Yeah. I drop it. Yeah. I remove this mentality. I say yes. So, you must come to be utterly helpless. All caps. Utterly helpless. Like resignation. You saw how Ahab resigned. He didn't he didn't buck up against King Ben-Hadad. He didn't say, oh, let's, let's rev up again. We can do this again. He just utterly helpless. I surrender. I surrender. I have nothing in me anymore. I don't have, I don't have it in me to fight. I don't have it in me to control this thing. I utterly surrender. You must come to be utterly helpless to let God work. And God will work gloriously. We are satisfied in doing. I wrote this by myself. Many of us are satisfied in doing, but not becoming. Hmm. Many of us are satisfied with doing and not becoming. And we get our kicks out of doing in the church. We've done this. We fed the homeless. We've done this. We've done, 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 done. But our lives are in complete, total disobedience. We have an epidemic of lack, of the lack of absolute surrender in the church. And we have to be crucified. We have to die. Yeah. We have to die. There's so much to unpack. I don't think this is the last of, I mean, there's so much. Mm -hmm. I, there's, there's a lot more. I, I'm not even halfway done in the book. <laughs> there's a lot more, much to preach. I just turned to some and said the almost delivered man. Mm -mm. Ooh, God mm -mm. forbid. Ooh. Ugh. The almost delivered man. Hmm. God forbid. We don't yeah. want to be almost delivered. Yeah. Romans 5, 6, 7, and 8. We have to study that. Yeah. Young adults, get together, start studying. Romans 5, 6, 7, and 8. And you won't, you won't even have to worry about sinning anymore. Sinning will be like, if you haven't eaten sugar in a long time, and you put sugar on your mouth, you'll be like, Whoa. Romans 5, 6, 7, and 8. Everyone should read that. Study it. Know who you are in him so that this self-life can die. 
again, like I said, there's so much we can, I think I've, I've gone over my notes for today. Is there something else you want to add? Is there something you wanted to bring out? Um, I guess I will lastly say on top of um, how she um, said Romans 5, 6, 7, 8, like the main scripture as well is Matthew six thirty three, <laughs> where it says, seek, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all should be added unto you. Um, and then in the Amplified Version, it says God's way of doing the attitude and character of God. And so we have to allow God to renew our hearts through our constant fellowship with him, through constant fellowship and prayer. I think you spoke yeah. about this on Friday. Yeah. Um, this is a mandate. It's not, it shouldn't be an option. It should be a mandate because yep. the battle for our souls is real. The battle for us to stay away from God's presence, it's real. So we have to fight to be with the Lord. Jesus. He's our everything. He should be everything we want, everything we need. And we should fight for it because the devil is fighting for us to not be with him. That's right. Yeah. Wow. You cannot, you cannot own your life and say that you belong to Jesus. Cannot love your life and say that you belong to Jesus. This is a topic. This is something that you have to, the way you're supposed to look is... I'm helpless. I have nothing else to give. I'm helpless to do anything. All I have is you. And so I pray that today that you give up your right to be right. You give up your right to be offended. You give up your right to live any old way that you, you cannot. Before we even talk about absolute surrender, if you say you know Jesus, and if you say you have no sin, you deceive yourself, and the truth is not in you. Cannot say you know Jesus, and you're living a life of sin. Don't be tricked by all these churches out here that are preaching the gospel and preaching and singing and living another life. Like another preacher, you know, popping up Justin Bieber and, you know, telling all these secular artists they're okay when they're on their way to hell. What? This Christianity, the real Christianity, will cost you everything. everything. Hear me. This Christianity is going to cost you everything. I'm going to say it again. This Christianity, not the one that you're watching on TBN and all these other places. This Christianity is going to cost you everything. What you have been exposed to has been a lie. I'm talking to particular people that will watch this. What you were told Christianity was, was a lie. Jesus said, when you come to him, you must deny yourself. What does that look like? Deny yourself, not forgiving your father, your mother. 
Deny yourself for being offended. Deny yourself of the drugs. Deny yourself of the alcohol. Deny yourself of the perversion. Deny yourself of entertainment and wanting to be loved by the masses. Focused on being a social influencer. Wanting to be loved by the masses while you compromise your walk with Jesus Christ. Oh, Christian, what shall it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? Don't lose your soul for this temporary life. It is time to come back to God in absolute surrender. Absolute, total, complete, full on, 100%. Not Jesus and drugs. Not Jesus and alcohol. Not Jesus and therapy. Some of you are worshiping, I'm sorry, some of you are worshiping therapy. My major was psychology, okay? It was bunk. You're not going to be able to do this without Jesus. Because there is going to come a time where you will not be able to call your psychologist. Who will you call? Who will be there? It will be Jesus alone. Most of you cannot afford a psychologist. Who are you going to call? If you live your life in absolute surrender, he will take care of your mental illness. He will take care of your personality disorders. He will take care of your sickness. He will take care of the perversion. He will take care of everything because he is the answer. There is no plan B. It's either Jesus or nothing. So give him your life today. Give him your life today. Just right where you are, just bow your head and say, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. I don't know how to do this. I surrender. I weep over my state. I weep over the state of my mind. My sins are ever before me. I lay it down. Thank you so much for listening. Your generous support enables us to continue to fulfill our mission to win the church to Christ through unceasing prayer, intentional discipleship, and missional living. You can offer additional financial support by texting 918-300-4680 or by going to our website at wearefirstlove.com. Until we meet again, may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In the name of Jesus, the Son of God, our Savior. Always remember your first love.